Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Hello and welcome to Saturday Draft Live. I'm one of your usual hosts, Scott McLeod. Yes, Saturday Draft Live, one of the only podcasts on SSR. You can hear my voice and say, ah, oh, he's not just here because Ross couldn't be arsed. And trust me, we have tried to get him on to talk about his team, but he's always conveniently working on a Saturday and has to make a living. Selfish prick. <laughs> <laughs> but we're also here today as, as usual, David Talkney. How do, how do? How are you, Scott? Hey, um, I'm doing all right. I'm cl- we're clearly doing better than our, our good friend Jack Graham, who's feeling a bit uh, not himself after getting his recent uh, jag the other day, and so he's been allowed to take you know, this week off, you know, recover, and hopefully come back fit and fit next week. But joining us this week, kind of filling Jack's shoes as my my teammate on the two man power trip. Not really happening considering where we kind of are on the table, but. We could be could be worse. We could be last. Uh, Stephen Wilson. Hi, gents. How's it going? Uh, thanks for thanks for filling in Jack's shoes today, Stevie. Yeah. Such short notice. Yeah, much like his drafting strategy this season, Jack is very weak Ooh. in every form of aspect. But no, I'm here. I can't exactly say I'm much better, as Scott said. But hey ho, I'm ahead of him. That's that's all that matters. Yeah, as long as someone else is doing worse than you, you can always feel that little bit smug <laughs> and. Talking about our team, Stevie, we'll jump into the top three of the week. And our captain, who got a win at Fastlane, but then despite being pinned on Madden's past week, he's still in the, the top three with Biggie getting 17 points. I think he was one of our better options to, to be captain uh, when we were first starting the season. And I think so far this season, I think we've been wise to keep the captaincy on him. Yeah, pretty much. He's a... Uh... Biggie's kind of been the story of our season in general. He's when he's done well, he's done well, but there's been points where it's just like, where the hell are you? You know, he, <laughs> he got that win on Sunday, which was good, even though it was a very weird win. And then instantly <laughs> was part of a loss last night on SmackDown. So it's been a very up and down season for Biggie. And I'm not entirely confident going into Mania, but at the same time, I look at the rest of our team and like, who's going to get points in the next two weeks? Well, Biggie's not doing too badly overall. He's currently joint fourth with Matt Riddle at 51 points overall. So he's actually been your, your, your high scorer by quite a good bit. And he's, he's uh, getting you the points, you know, no matter what the circumstances here. I bet he should have more because he's been off. He was off telly for about three weeks. So, well, yeah. I mean, if he's scoring that highly when he's been off TV for a few weeks, I mean, that's, that's still a, a pretty good uh, points getter for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm all for selling angles and everything, but not when it comes to Matt the captain of my bloody team. But I do agree. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite nervous. Now, I was nervous going into Fastlane uh, with Whale at Apollo and the way he's been built up and now the fact that it's continuing to me. And truly, like, part of me is thinking that this is where Apollo takes the title. So part of me is thinking we should take the captaincy from him. But if we were, like I said, it's what I think, who do we, we put it to? You know, Charlotte is currently out of Mania. And... We've got a couple of strong NXT picks that we could put it on during Mania Week. You know, you've got Raquel in a big main event, MSK, Credenza win the tag titles. I think some decisions have to be made before Mania Week. 
I think we've got to kind of think about it this week, I'd say, because I think a big thing is obviously if it happens with Charlotte, you know, that's kind mm-hmm. of a fine on that one. But we'll see how it goes in the next few weeks and we'll obviously we'll make a decision by this time next week. Yeah, because like, if Big E somehow like, retains the title, then no harm. But at least if he if he's not our captain, you know, it's a case of he didn't lose as many points as he would have had that captaincy been on him. But we move on to another set of captains, that being... Naya and Shayna Vaisler, and they're also the goat tones captains. Dave, we've talked about these, this team a lot. They're on 24 points. You know, they've been one of the strongest, they've been the strongest performing tag team, I think, this season. Is there anything else we can really say about this team that we haven't already said? All I can say is I was talking to Robert about this. Like, Naya and Shayna turned out to be an absolute steal because we were under the impression, you know, they were going to split up at some point between uh, Royal Rumble and Mania, but it's turned out to be you know, the, the biggest grabs of the entire season and putting the captaincy on them as well has just helped immensely because they've just got a tag team title victory at Fastlane, which, as we know, scores massive points for a captain. And they also were on Raw this week as well, so that just helps their cause. Like, the Goat Tones are running away with it right now. Yeah, and I think, obviously, it can't be hurt that they retain the titles again at Fastlane. And you'd think that there's one of dominance but and that would naturally end at WrestleMania, but you really think who they've actually got to, to beat them, so... I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Ryan and David end the season on another successful retention from Naya and Shayna. And going to the top of the top three this week, and he's number two behind Naya and Shayna in the top ten overall of the season. 26 points, Drew McIntyre. Uh, do you think that Drew will continue to be uh, uh, in the top three and potentially be top of the season come WrestleMania if he does win back the WWE Championship? It's certainly plausible because he has uh, been advertised to do uh, a confrontation with Bobby Lashley. I can't remember if it's a contract signing or not, but he's definitely going to appear in some capacity. And what Grant and Gary have cleverly done is put the captaincy on him straight away because he's been a consistently high scorer for the past few seasons. And it's evident not just in the top three of the week because he's usually more often than not in the top three. And he's number two overall, just behind Nia and Shayna with uh, 99 points. But there have been some developments which would suggest that Drew is probably going to overtake Nia and Shayna once again as the top scorer this season. So I think Grant and Gary are doing the right thing, keeping the captaincy on him, uh, given that he's also in the WWE title match at Mania. It's, it's interesting, mm. though, in the next coming weeks, what they two do in terms of their captain. We mentioned me and Scott doing it, but if they, if they obviously they've got both Drew and Lashley on their team. So the one who's the captain... They would want to be the one who's going to win, so we kind of indicate mm-hmm. what their feeling is have, on it. And they still have the option, the option to use their captaincy change as well. Yeah, because I think if um, if Drew, if they stick with Drew and Lashley wins, they'll be in a worse off situation because Drew will lose more points. But obviously, if they switch to Lashley and Lashley wins, then that will help benefit them. So it's a bit of a a pondering for them in terms mm-hmm. of if they're going to stick a twist on that as well. Yeah, I've I've said in the past, I believe that. Drew will win over Lashley and so I think keeping the captaincy on him rather than Lashley is the smartest decision but I do see what you mean and I think uh, this goes to show how Drew is probably one of the most like, sought after picks and he has been like ever since like season 3 or even for the draft when he won the Royal Rumble and not like in season 2 when I had him the useless bastard he was my third round pick in season three and I won with him. So it's he's valuable in any aspect. And he's I'm pretty been, sure he was the first round pick in every season since season four. Because he's been so good since then. Because he's everywhere. He's been the champ for the full year. 
But as Scott said, Scott had him and he was it, they took him off a of TV, lost him in the King of the Ring to Ricochet. And Ricochet's not exactly lighting the fucking world on fire right now. So, <laughs> and that's part of the, that, that loss was part of the reason why when everyone said, "Oh, Drew's going to win the Rumble," I'm like, "Is he fuck?" <laughs> but talking of captains, uh, Dave, I believe we've had some developments uh, regarding a certain captaincy change that is being made. Yes. So, on behalf of myself and Robert Shaw, the Shaw Bank Redemption, we are announcing. A captaincy change. So Kenny Omega has done his bit very well. He's currently sitting seventh place, 45 points. We were hoping on that AEW Revolution points to get us, and that helped us immensely. But now we've got to think about WrestleMania. So we're switching from Kenny Omega to potentially the next SmackDown Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. Uh, uh, No, I think he's a a boss that there. Eh? I think he's a boss that... I've got a good point. I, my point on it is, I don't. I think he's made an absolute hash of it, not putting the captaincy on Matt Riddle. Yeah. In the season. I mean, in hindsight, we didn't expect Riddle to do so well. You know, we thought he'd be the the mid card performer for our team. You know, keep it, keep our team afloat whilst Kenny Omega gets all that exposure on AEW. But uh, lo and behold, Matt Riddle's actually outperformed uh, most of our team. Yeah. But and but to be honest, having the captaincy off Bianca as well was probably wise because she's had two title matches on pay per view which she lost. So if the captaincy was on her by then, you know, we would have, it would have done more harm than good. See, I don't really mm-hmm. think, I think putting it on her is fine, but if you'd put it on Riddle instead of Omega at the start of the season, I've crunched some numbers on this one, lads. Uh, you oh. should have got an extra 24 points in your tally. You'd only be seven points behind and you've been second place. So, mm-hmm. and then if you'd switched it to Bianca now from Riddle, you'd be well placed. Probably the favourites going into Mania as opposed to he's currently sitting there now, so... Yeah, yeah, I know, but we're we 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 tried a few things, you know, because we've got Karrion Cross uh, against Finn Balor on NXT, we've got Io Shirai against Raquel, and Matt Riddle hopefully gets a title match at some point at Mania. We were unsure about Riddle's status for Mania, so we were trying to capitalize on guaranteed WrestleMania points, and we knew Bianca was in a prominent position to do that for us, and she was hopefully going to get a lot of exposure on the last few SmackDowns. So that was sort of our thinking behind it. We I think it was too much of a gamble to put it on cross given that you know there have been rumors he could be moving to raw or smackdown after takeover and deliver there's a i don't think it's a guarantee she's going to win the belt anymore no bianca well that's the risk you take with these drafts and that was our this is our play i i could see her winning the title at mania i do agree what you're saying that though yeah you got the most points you could out of kenny because he's he what we all knew he was going to win at revolution that's a pay-per-view title defense with your captain that's the most fair points you can probably hope for I know he's got a six-man on the next Dynamite, but obviously it's not the most featured match, so you'll still get points regardless. And I think this thing with Bianca, as Ross mentioned on our wrestling preview, is probably going to be the start of a feud, so even if Bianca loses it down the line, she can still win it at WrestleMania. But I do agree with you putting it on her rather than Eagle or Karrion Cross, because those matches that take over could, I think, go either way, so mm-hmm. you, you don't want to make that risk. Uh, did Jack not say something about a captaincy change there's, as well? There's two other captaincy changes, in fact, coming in that's been announced, Scott. Mm-hmm. There mm. is, as you mentioned, the priesthood of Jack and Ross. They are changing from Finn Balor to Rhea Ripley, now that she's decided to show up. <laughs> and our favourite team in this draft, the Goat Tones, have oh, oh. The, they have made the bold move to take the captaincy off of Nia and Shayna, and they will be switching it to now part of the Universal title match at WrestleMania, Daniel Bryan. Oh, that's mm. a 
that's a gutsy play. Very gutsy. Yeah, I I didn't really see David and Ryan switching their captaincy at all because it's very rare that a team does doesn't change their captain. I know Gary and Grant haven't really shown any desire to change it, and Gary rarely does make that many changes to his team once it's all set in. But you know, I think given uh, the stakes and everything, he's the best other candidate other than Nigeria at this stage, given the recent booking that they could put the captaincy on, and. Regards to Jack and Ross's team, I know Jack has said in the past that he was hoping by this point in the season that Rio would have already appeared on TV and they would have switched the captaincy. And I think maybe they're hedging their bets on her being more likely to beat Asuka than Balor is to beat Cross. And so the idea is that they lose points with Cross, like beating Balor. They can hopefully gain more points back with their captain winning the Raw Women's title. So I think a tactical move by by Jack and Ross. I think it's a good move considering... If you look at the rest of the team, uh, the only other one that may have put it on at this point was Damian Priest, but he's obviously not going to be wrestling at Mania as it currently stands. He'll probably be involved in that Bad Bunny mismatch, but obviously that's not going to get anywhere near as much points as if Ripley yeah. beats Asuka. So. I, have, I have seen rumours that they could change the Bad Bunny Miz to a tag team match at the last minute, so Priest might get some involvement at Mania, but I don't think it's enough to justify a cap to change to Priest. I think, Rip, I think oh, I Ripley's beating Asuka, to be fair. It's an easy one. Hmm. I would have thought that, you know, that Priest would have been in a tag match, you know, getting that featured spot me rather than just standing in the corner, but I'm sure he'll get involved yeah. somehow. Like, but it's not just it's, it's not just putting the cap it's not just putting the captaincy on Rhea that they think, you know, she's gonna win the Raw women's title. I think it's also to take the captaincy off Balor, because I think they could be mm-hmm. thinking that Cross is gonna beat Balor and because if they kept the captaincy on him, they would actually lose more. So if anything, they're they're not only making gains for themselves, but they're also reducing potential losses. Not that it makes a blame bad yeah. difference for them anyway. <laughs> yeah, given their current position, I'll get to that in a second, but I think it is wisely switched to the Rhea as well in a, in a sense because she was the first round pick and hopefully the points that she can gain as captain at WrestleMania can help justify it even a little bit as a first round pick. But yeah, I get what you're saying, uh, Dave, because I mentioned a similar point that I think the idea of hedging your bets and like not being this confident in the Balor cross match, because I can see that definitely going cross his way. But hopefully Ross and Jack can claim up the table come WrestleMania because they are currently sitting in last place with 108 points with Serge Strack getting 115 points. I think the fact that Seth Rollins has got some wins in the last couple of weeks may help with that as well. Uh, Steven, you and I with Big E's title win at Fastly, I think are still holding the fourth place position uh, 125 points. David and Robert, you guys are a bit, quite a bit of a gap ahead of us. 168.5 points. Another little jump you go to Gary and Grant, 188 points. And the gap was a bit uh, smaller, but now it's uh, increased by 100, to 199.5 points with David Campbell and Ryan DeGotones again still in first place. Like I said, you know, it all depends what happens with Daniel Bryan and the Universal Title match. Steve Newton team is, is confident in that decision for them. But, you know, Gary and Grant, I think, are more likely to gain points with their captain with Drew and the and the WWE title match, it just goes to see what happened with Brian, and that to see if they can close the gap. But going to the next table, we go to the Listener League, and Dave, is where you give us what are the top five this week. Yep. So bottom of the Listener's League table, again, remains unchanged. We've got Gary Morris and Quizzy Rascals at the bottom on 77 points, and Adam Callier with Ross Kemp as a nice guy on 95. So they're sitting in the uh, the 
Well, we usually refer to it as the relegation zone, but obviously, you know, you can't relegate the listeners' league uh, participants. So, uh, But there has been some interesting development in the top five. Michael Clottier, with Broken in Half, has now been knocked out of the top five and has been replaced uh, with Dan Wood, who's clawed his way back in, uh, who's sitting in fifth place at the minute with, I was told to draw a wrestler, so I drew McIntyre uh, on 192.5 points. Now, Dan has been... I don't think he's quite, you know, sort of made to the, to the very top of the table, but he has been a prominent player around the top five. Drew McIntyre's as captain is a big benefit of that, and he's also been getting additional points with the help of Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins on his team. So that's been a, a massive help for him, and he, as a result, he's broken in the top five again. Next, we've got Ollie Browning, who's moved up from fifth to fourth with the Cena the on 200 points. So again, Ollie, you know, he's been consistently in the top five for the last few weeks, and he's holding firm. Again, Drew McIntyre's as captain, and Nyan Shane as his tag team is what's helping him out. And with carrying Cross getting a lot more exposure as well. He was his uh, final round pick. Cross in a very strong position come take over stand and deliver to score to score big for him. So, But just ahead of him on 201 points is from the Scottish Wrestling Network. We have Billy Strachan with Billy's No Mates. Now, again, Billy, you know, has been in the same position as Michael. You know, he's been sort of around fifth, sixth place, but he's now bumped up into, into third now. And... The recurring theme is starting to happen again. Drew McIntyre is his team captain. He also has Raquel Gonzalez uh, and Adam Pierce as well, who is actually the highest scoring fifth round pick uh, from the league this season. And with many appearance points on SmackDown this week, this is what's helped, you know, Billy sort of edge out over Ollie. Second place, uh, a very, very strong competitor this season compared to like as well as last season as well, because he was third last season, and now he's sitting comfortably in second. It's Alan Laurie with Peace and Jam, 213 points. And the fourth person in the top five with Drew McIntyre as their team captain, but he's also in the same position as Grant and Gary, because he also has Bobby Lashley as his third round pick. But his second round pick, I think, is what's helping him out. Big E, obviously scoring a big win at Fastlane in the title match, is what's bumping him up. And he's also got Raquel Gonzalez and Sonia Deville. Sonia making consistent appearances and Raquel, obviously, as we said, in a good position to win the NXT women's title. But once again, in first place with 234 and a half points, quite a bit of a jump from Alan's position is Ryan Dalgleish and the people's representatives. And that makes it five for five in the top five with Drew McIntyre as their team captain. He has Nyan Shane as his tag team. He has Finn Balor as his second round pick, who, as we know, is scoring very highly overall. Daniel Bryan, a late surge in points for him is what's, you know, is only helping Ryan's cause. And he's propped up with appearance points from Sonya Deville. So Ryan, we've said this before, Ryan has been hitting all the right notes this season and it's manifesting into a, a great deal of points here. So it's, and as the week sort of uh, gets smaller and smaller towards the end of the draft season, it's looking more and more likely that Ryan is in the position to win. Alan Laurie, you know, if, unless Alan has a major stroke of luck with MSK and Raquel Gonzalez, uh, we could be looking at a two-horse race in the coming weeks. So, back to you, Jack. Back to you, Scott. Thank you very much, David. Uh, I think we can all agree that the common denominator there is Drew McIntyre, as you said. He is, like as I said earlier, one of the most high-profile like singles picks in WWE right now. He's one of the sought after picks, especially for captaincy, because he will really help you get in the points. You know when it really matters. And talking about Adam Pearce, that reminded me. I forgot he's also on a. David Campbell and Ryan's team, which would be hard to forget given that they bring up how good a decision it was. And I'm not saying it wasn't, but do you think that if like early on in the season they switched the captaincy to Adam Pierce, that would affect their season at all? Um, 
No, I think they would, I don't think it would have changed much. I think it would have been a bad move to pick him as captain. Change him to captain because he's not going to wrestle at Mania. Yeah, I mean the I think ha- having it on Nia and Shayna was probably the smartest thing, given you know they've had multiple title defenses, not just on TV but on pay per view, and that's where the goat tones sort of got their big points. If they put it on Pierce solely for appearance points, you know, I mean it kind of worked for Zelina Vega in season four. But in this instance, I don't think it would have had as much impact. I think they had to capitalize on using their champions properly, and they've done that. I mean, Billy's the only one that picked them in the Listeners League, which is a <laughs> good stroke from them. You know, the Listeners League's been interesting the way they've, they've, a lot of them took, uh, took part in it for the first time, and they've kind of learned the ropes of how you score points in a big way. Yeah, and it's also interesting to see Ryan Elise doing as well. He's clearly learning lessons from last season when he was like dead last. And so it, it does show that you know, guys in this league can improve from their previous season performance. And I do think Ryan is pretty much all but security's spot in next season. But uh, Stephen, I, I, just in case we've gotten some new like, listeners to Saturday Live over the last year, and who may not be familiar with the, kind of the rules of the that are particular to the SummerSlam, so the main SummerSlam season, uh, could you maybe explain that to them? Yeah. So Mania to SummerSlam, as everybody knows. As a stretch, you know, it's a very, very long spell. We're looking at start of April to the end of uh, August as comparison to other seasons which go on for about a month and a half, two months. So the way we kind of spice up that season a wee bit to stop it kind of dragging a wee bit for people is mid the midway point of the season, the season takes a bit of a break and we do a transfer window which essentially allows all our competitors to take out any, any low-performing scorers, even take out high-performing scorers, you know, if they don't think they're going to get any points the rest of the season. They retain the points that they keep from that pick, but obviously we'll then start getting the points for the, the, UT, the U players that they choose. It just means that any transfer that they do make will incur a penalty of points, you know, so that could be a big factor in it. We saw last year Ryan Gallagher made his debut season and pretty much drafted out nearly his whole team. Uh, so incurred a massive points uh, penalty, whereas the likes of myself and Gary, who were at the top of the table, didn't make barely any transfers and ended up still in the top two. So it, if it's a tight season, it could make a big bit of difference. Dave is a classic example. Dave had an absolute mm-hmm. howler last season for the first half, drafted in Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles, who got him nearly 90 points, 90 to 100 points, uh, just for the two alone. So it was great benefits for Dave. So... It could be something to make some breaks, but it's an interesting. We've not done the listeners' league before with a transfer window, so it's going to be a bit, bit of thought for me how I'm going to do that. So, mm-hmm. see for these, uh, see for quite a few football drafts and stuff. Do you not usually get one free transfer and then any extras that you have to pay for them? Yeah, but you do that every week. This is a one set window, you know. Right. So okay. you can make one transfer a week. You know, we could do that, but it'd be an absolute pain in the backside. So just having that one week and it just kind of. I think having the penalty on it is good because it kind of gives you an idea. It kind of doesn't mean you're instantly going to draft somebody. I think if you give them a freebie, they could pretty much take out the lowest performer for no ramifications. You know, so I think it just adds a bit of thinking process to it a wee bit. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes you think like how much do I want to take this player out, and then you think about who you want to replace them with, and how much you really think they can add to your team to help. You know, kind of right, you know, the point penalty that you may have gotten. And when it comes to next season, obviously AW Dark wasn't a part of uh, this season. 
is that going to continue into next season or are you going to continue to not count AEW Dark or potentially the new one Elevation uh, I think I've kind of made the call not to include Dark from next season and maybe mm-hmm. still up in the air, still up in the air whether to include Dark Elevation because I feel like Dark Elevation is a bit more of a proper show it's on YouTube still which would still have uh, David Campbell being like oh no I can't have that but it seems to have a bit more of a structure to it as opposed to Dark, which is just match, 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 match. And you're two hours in and you've seen uh, 16, 16 wrestling matches. So, uh, elevation, potentially, but I think the days of Dark uh, could be gone. Uh, wouldn't rule out bringing back NXT UK, given how long a season it is. I think uh, not including it for this season was a wise idea because there's only six teams anyway. So the chances mm. of somebody picking somebody from NXT UK was rather slim. But with a potential of at least maybe 10 people picking next season, at 60 picks, you know, uh, NXT UK could be an option. But it's still undecided, I'd say, at this point. But I think Dark, Dark I will confirm it on this show, Dark is gone from the draft. There you go. And you're the year first. And I do agree with potential bringing back NXT UK and all with a lot of wrestling going on. Maybe it's one of the brands people don't really watch, but no. There are interesting things happening with the NXT UK title uh, this week, the uh, Mania weekend, where you've got Waller defending against Champ at Stan Oliver and then again against Rampage at the NXT UK prelude. So if Rampage wins there, then he could be uh, a decent pick maybe uh, to go on a dominant run throughout the season. Maybe also not a first round pick, but maybe round four or something like that. And talking about the transfer, you know, I would have thought last season I would have learned a lesson from the season where we last had a transfer because one of the picks I transferred out was Kushida because he wasn't paying off. And then I think we made the same mistake this season when I was I was sure somehow in the back of my brain that he was going to beat Johnny Gargano, but then he's proven to be probably our worst performer. Scott, there's two people on our team I would really probably highlight. One is Kushida, you know. I think in hindsight we should have went with Cesaro early. I know we were mm. swaying Cesaro last, late in the round, but if we'd met for Cesaro, we might have got a bit better, you know, only about an extra 20 points, so we'd still be an absolute bit of a hole, but we'd have done a wee bit better. The other one, Charlotte Flair, I think is the one that's really, really been a bit of a sore one for us. Everybody's talked about, on this show in the last few weeks, how bad a pick Britt Baker was, you know, mm. but Britt Baker, I'm sure, has actually got uh, the same amount of points now. As Charlotte Flair, which is which is something else, you know. I mean, I've got in my notes here that Lana has got one more point than Charlotte Flair. He does, which yeah. Is, which is an absolute hot howler. But if you look actually on the female side of things this season, it's the female picks has not been great this year. Dave and Robert's pick of Io Shirai has got 27 points, and that's the most, you know. Dave's actually got the two best female picks in the whole league with her and Bianca Belair. Which yep. is and Charlotte's actually the tenth best female pick, so that just shows how bad a season it's been for female picks, unfortunately. Which is a shame because we've seen in the past how big a difference that can make. Last year's uh, main it to SummerSlam season with uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks for me and Gary, respectively. Yeah, I remember uh, the first half of uh, season five that transfer scene. I had Charlotte McCaddy when she was on that NXT women's title run. She was going between the brands. She was great. I'd say to keep her. Uh, not transfer out and literally all week a week after the transfer she got injured and had to go away which was well I was like in the fourth scene so that's two picks from that season come back to bite me in this season but I think you know our strategy at the time was 
we, we were looking for a female pick in round one because we had noticed in previous seasons uh, it doesn't tend to be quite male heavy in the first round, and so if we, we thought our chances of getting a strong female pick would be increased. Then you had some people getting taken that we may have wanted, and then I did. I think again it's a hindsight thing, but I at the time was even though shut, we'd said about a female pick. When we got when it got to us and Kay Omega hadn't been picked. I was trying. To, I did say you like if between Charlotte and Omega, and I was leaning more towards Kenny Omega. To be fair, if we'd picked uh, if we'd picked Kenny and didn't put him as captain, you know, we'd be about fifteen points better off, you know. So would mm. that made a great deal of difference. I'm not entirely sure, but if you kind of if you look at after that point, if you had to try and get a female who was going to be available, I mean, I don't know. Ask her probably this still been might have still been high. She might have been a shoot in there. Alexa Bliss might have been available, but Alexa Bliss has only had 14 points, so it's not exactly a big bit of glory on that one. But in terms of... I think we've had a couple of un, bits of unlu- a bad luck. MSK being written off a of TV pretty much when it has hit them. But to be fair, the tag teams, other than Nia and Shayna this year, have done not very well. To be fair, we've not had a great season in terms of tag picks and female picks overall. Uh, Raquel, 15 points from around four wouldn't complain too much of it, especially given what was available at that particular point. Um, Darby Allen, 26 points last round. If you take Kenny Omega's captain points of it, Darby Allen's the best performing AEW pick. I think uh, it's a great pick still for for the last round. Mm. We were between him and Cesaro, Scott, and I think Cesaro's pretty much got the same points at that point, so maybe in hindsight picking somebody like that higher up might have done us a bit better instead of Kushida, but Given what was available, mm. it's hard to kind of see who we would have got that would have done better. See, I'm glad you actually brought up Cesaro there, Stephen, because, you know, we talked about, you know, Jack and Ross, you know, choosing Nakamura over Cesaro. And I'm pretty sure, just looking at SmackDown statistics here, Cesaro is the second highest scoring undrafted competitor. So the only person scoring higher than him is Jey Uso on 28 and a half, whereas Cesaro is on 26. There you go, well, I'd be me ask, assuming that in terms of like the undrafted picks, I thought Cesaro would be scoring quite highly. I was going to ask about a couple of other undrafted picks, Steve, uh, about Apollo and Sheamus. Mm-hmm. Have they been in quite high, file, high profile? Uh, uh, How, where are they in terms of the undrafted competitors? Apollo, not as highly, because Apollo is currently sitting on 12 points. You know, It could be a little bit higher, but I think the fast lane loss really damaged him. Sheamus, on the other hand is just a little bit higher on 18 and a half. So he would have been a very good sort of third, fourth round pick to sort of prop teams up. So, but obviously, you know, I think Sheamus's involvement in sort of around the main event scene, I think is what's keeping him, keeping him afloat. Whereas Apollo is only just converted into his new character and, it, and that's starting to build momentum once again. I mean, the one guy who's, as an undrafted pick, stands out as the Miz, you know, but... Uh, he's got 29 points so that could have helped some people out we talk about female picks you know you look on the raw side of things Reckoning has 15 points just from coming out with uh, Retribution alone so that could have done something I mean she's got more points than Bliss she's got more points than Asuka she's got more points than Charlotte Flair like that's saying something when Reckoning has more points than Asuka that when Asuka has been a top scorer for the past few seasons, that is saying something. Because she's not losing, she's not wrestling. There's a lot of losing matches, you know, but she just comes out and appears all the time and there's a lot of losing. So that's where the points are accumulating in terms of that one. And the other, obviously, NXT side of things, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart, I mean, if, 
look back at the start of the season when they lost the Dusty Cup final, and then could you imagine them being the point scorers with the, with the with tag team gold? Arguably, no, you know. But I think looking at the points over the season, I think it's kind of a or the draft guys. I think it's just a case of people have picked the people who have done well have picked well at the points they have, and the ones who have not done as well have. Sh- the options after that have been a bit thinner because you've got me and uh, me, Scott, and Jack and Rose picking fifth and sixth, you know, and you get the likes of Nia and Shane being picked and Adam Pierce being picked before it, you know, it's hard to kind of combat it, you know. I think the one question, obviously, Strack and Sarah are a bit more rusty in terms of the work they maybe look back and think maybe we could have done certain things better, you know, but Seth Rollins as a, fifth, as a fourth round pick is a good bit of business. Yeah, I mean, it was Seth Rollins was a bit of a slow burner because he wasn't really doing much at the start of the season. But now that he's sort of getting more appearances and he's getting, you know, wins over Nakamura, that's what's uh, propping him up against. He's actually now Saren Strack's second highest scorer behind Edge with only two points ahead of AJ Styles, who was, you know, a solid third round pick for them to begin with. Mm. I did semi, like, semi-jokingly say about taking Reginald in, like, round five or something like that. And... You know, I think if this was a single season, I would have done that because he's weirdly been all over the shop. And I do agree with what Stephen said earlier that if we hadn't we'd taken Kenny Omega, yeah, we would have got quite a few points from, especially as a captain. But then you wonder about again, looking at what the female the female side of the roster performing this season, uh, who who would really have taken instead of Charlotte in the next round? And no, but he's not been that bad a scorer. And I did say about I did one point say about getting Dakota and Raquel as a tag team, and I think. And hindsight with what happened against Nia and Shane, and then the whole thing with them being given the women's tag belts and then losing them the same night, I think in hindsight that is definitely a wise decision not to do that. Mm, the one reason we did, the one reason we went for the one we think it swayed us more was but we kind of first seen Raquel being pushed into that women's title picture for this takeover, mm. you know. So I think that's maybe played their cards right, and I think I think Raquel's a great shout to actually win that potential match. I don't know what you guys think, and if she does win that, she'll end up a very, very good last fourth round pick. I think yeah, so. I, that was that was my assumption for Raquel Gonzalez. I think she was going to win at Stand and Deliver, but we I think we had more that's why me and Robert chose Io Shirai over her, because I think Io had more to gain on the build up to take over. So she had more she would have more wins and uh, even though it could result in a in a loss by the end of it. But I'd say Raquel's the favourite to win. I think it was for some of our NT picks me and Steven had a strong start to the season, like with the MSK and Raquel and that one in the Dusty Classics and the whole thing we're hoping with those same picks and that was like a strong finish to season, especially Raquel. You think now that especially that's the main event of uh, night two, then I think Night one. Uh, oh, night one, yeah. It's the main event of night one. And hopefully it'll go Raquel's again. No Eo won the title, I think, in June at, in your house. Mm-hmm. So that's a long range. So she doesn't really lose eight anything months. in eight months, yeah. And Given the also fact that Raquel pinned her at War Games, this has been a long time coming in the shoot. Clearly, they want they see something in her as a future star, and like, I'm hoping that this is a smart end up being a smart pick. But uh, I think that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Saturday Draft Live, Stephen. Uh, we had been meaning to get you on at some point, so I'm I'm glad you were available and such a notice with Jack being out. Aye, that's what I do. You know. I- Sweep off after you a lot, you know, when something goes wrong, you know, you can't rely on anything. But now, nah, in all seriousness, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. No problem. It's been good having you. And it's good that uh, having my usual, well, my usual co-host, David Hockney here, even though Jack couldn't be here. 
I just want to say thanks again for stepping in, Stevie, and you know, we'll hopefully get Jack back on next week when he's feeling a little bit better. I mean, he's not walking about, he sounds like an old man crying with pain. <laughs> <laughs> I got my vaccine. Oh, I feel terrible. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's curled up in a little ball listening to this very podcast and crying. Uh, but uh, thank you all for listening. I want to remind any teams that haven't made their captaincy change that you have, you have until before the Raw, before Mania to make your captaincy change, otherwise it won't be allowed. Unlike David Hockney, who tried to make it the Saturday before the Royal Rumble, I believe, one year. <laughs> but, and also remind you listening to follow us on Twitter at SuperHydroG, also Facebook and Instagram. Join our Facebook community page where you can get involved in the conversation, comment on you know, your thoughts on our recent feature shows. We've got feature shows out about WrestleMania X7. We've got one on re- WrestleMania matches that never happened. I've got some very interesting ones coming out uh, very soon. Also, it's essential with all the latest news and all the stories and reviews happening in the world of wrestling. David was hosting the most recent episode alongside my brother Ross. He could be asked to show up for that podcast. But also, East Beach West, a new episode coming out tomorrow. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And like I said, follow us on Twitter. Stay tuned uh, with everything that's going on. Subscribe to us on Anchor, Spotify, or iTunes, any place. You get your, on Android, you get your podcasts. And like I said, we've only got a couple weeks left, so we're going to make these last couple episodes hopefully a good one. Basically, we'll chat coming back next week. But till next time, thanks for listening. There now follows an enthusiastic advertisement for Quiz Showdown. Hello, guys. Welcome to Quiz Showdown. I'm Daniel Campbell. And in this show, you're going to see the members of the Eat Sleep Suplex retweet team go through a very strange quiz. We don't know what the heck's going on with it, but you're going to have to watch to find out. Go check out on the YouTube channel now. That was an enthusiastic advert for Quiz Showdown.